before we start the show, I just want to make a couple of quick announcements. Firstly, the new website's live. It's NordicMythologyPodcast.com. It's nice and simple. Basically, it's going to be the new home for everything podcast-related. So you can listen to the podcast on there. There's links to our Patreon. Uh, the Mateus has got a blog on there. We've also got a section for merchandise. So we've got four new T-shirts designs. So we've got an It's Complicated Tea, which has been translated into Old Norse and then into Younger Fuldark Runes. We've got the logo tea. We've got the podcast name, Nordic Mythology Podcast, in Old Norse and then translated into Medieval Runes. Then we've also got a stag and snake design found in the Yelling Runestone. Anybody who listens to this podcast will have heard us speak about this design a couple of times and how Matthias has his theories that this is a stag and snake motif that's found all across Europe. Um, the merchandise is a brilliant way to support the show without having to subscribe or commit to that month-long subscription like you do through Patreon. Uh, the next announcement is that we are currently on 71 patrons on Patreon. Obviously, when we reach that 100 mark, we are going to be starting our new show, which is the Vikings Watch Long Show, where we will be literally going from episode one of series one all the way through to the last episode of the final series, week by week, analysing the programme, having a laugh. It's going to be a bit more light-hearted. We're going to have a joke with me and Mateus watching the show along with you guys. You can join in, you can join the live chat, let us know your opinions, ask questions. We're going to go through and see what's real, what's not. Just have a bit of a, a, bit of a good time. Um, and then finally... My company Horns Voting, we've just had a, a restocking of a couple of items that I wanted to let you know about. I know a few people have asked us. So our Black Odin tea is now in stock again. And also one of the other items from our athletic range we've restocked, which is the ladies khaki racerback. So that's got our logo on the front and then a really nice urn style version of our logo on the back. So yeah, they're, they're back in stock, so go and check them out. Obviously, you get the, the discount, which is Horns 10, which gives podcast listeners 10% off anything website-wise. So that's not just the clothing, that's off the mead, off the horns, off the jewellery. So literally, just jump on there, and it's just a thank you for, for supporting us. Right, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farron, co-owner of the company Horns Vodin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everyone. This time we're joined by Jakub Vanish. I hope I'm saying uh, your last name correct, Jakub. Um, a, a Czech illustrator known as the uh, uh, Raven from the North on Instagram. You're, you, you do illustrations and you also... Um, uh, you're also a tattoo artist, if I understand correctly. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, thank you for, for taking the time to join us. I mean, your artwork stands out, for me anyway, like heaps above most people. I don't think there's many people who have a, an understanding of the Nordic artwork quite like you. Um, yeah, I guess... Let's start at the beginning. How did you get, or where did, where did you learn your craft? I guess for me, it seems quite an unusual thing to just master. I like to draw since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And when I was choosing my high school, I wanted to go to some art school, 
but my parents were worried that I just wouldn't make a living out of it. So I went to to a technical lyceum instead. And then I continued to to mechanical engineering, which isn't quite artsy. <laughs> no. And I was bored during lessons, so I started to make some little sketches in my notebooks. And then I started to add some details. And that was the start, I think. I just like the Viking aesthetics of mm -hmm. the art. And I tried to to copy those artworks. And I sam I somehow developed my own style, I think. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I usually don't copy any style like Ernest or Wengerike or something. But I like to mix like different different elements from those from those styles. And I just I don't know. I just I just like to draw. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that's quite amazing that you've just done it by copying, I guess, and, and practicing yeah. <laughs> and doing it and developing your own style. Whereas, you know, people try for decades to master the, the Viking. It seems such a complicated thing. But you seem to do it so well to say you've just taught yourself almost. I think I still have a lot of to learn. When, yeah. when I see some others work, I'm like mind blown by the amount of details. Or I I struggle with with the not work actually. Like mm -hmm. I don't understand how to how others create all those all the, all the stuff. Yeah, I, I, I've tried it a little bit and it just goes completely wrong. I <laughs> I have so much respect for people who for, for, for people who can draw. Um especially especially Viking style art. I mean, I'm no expert at artwork in general, but the little bit that I've you know I've tried to do here and there, it just seems like this whole area of Viking art is so complex and so hard to understand that even even copying it is impossible to me. Like even just looking at something else and just trying to copy it, trying to break down how how it works and the flows behind it just seems close to impossible. To so to say that you've got to the level you are, been pretty much just completely self-taught, it's pretty mind blowing. I mean, full respect to you. You know, well done for kind of for doing that so successfully. Well, I I usually say it's just spirals and lines, and that's it. <laughs> so it's not that complicated i think i mean i mean everything in the world like everybody can learn it but mm -hmm. some people can learn it faster but if you give it enough time i think it's not that hard to master anything you want no i i agree with that that in principle i guess that anybody can learn anything but i mean i i've tried learning that and i'm not it just doesn't seem to work for me it's not it's not something that i i um i, I would say i specialize in yeah well i guess you you weren't bored enough during classes. Uh, maybe <laughs> yeah maybe that's it maybe i they should have um become a mechanical engineer <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> So, am I right in thinking that you've just done some artwork for the new Wardruna merchandise? Uh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did uh, 
two ravens, one white okay. and white black, white, one black. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I did the sculpt cover artwork before. Yeah. You know the red Einar figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that was actually my first first work for Einar Selvig. Mm-hmm. It it was really cool to see to actually see my artwork on the Wardrona album. For sure, yeah, I imagine that's that's quite surreal to see see your work kind of shared by thousands of people as well. Yeah, it it actually started as a fan art I did of Einar Selvig. Okay. Someone must have tagged him and then he wrote me a message that he likes the art and he wants me to send it to him and then he might use it sometime. And after like one and a half year, he he put it on the album. So it was pretty awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that is pretty cool. I was having a look at your website just before we, we jumped on. Oh, yeah. So you, you've got some... I, I have some redoing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you have some pretty nice messages from, from some good artists. You know, there's um, Tia from from Fawn is on mm-hmm. there um Katy Ran she, oh, yeah. she she's left so you have some pretty prestigious names leaving some very nice yeah. comments about you yeah, and your artwork cool. yeah i've been pretty lucky i think <laughs> <laughs> or just <That's>, good <laughs> oh maybe <laughs> but that's one thing that keeps amaze me uh, how how creating stuff really connects people mm-hmm. that Thanks to drawing and tattooing, I've met a lot of interesting people and mm-hmm. even some famous people that wanted something something from me. So it's very awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful. Yeah, I imagine it's it's definitely surreal when you get Aina Selby just yeah. messaging you asking for for a piece of artwork. That's gonna yeah, be exactly. pretty special. Yeah. So what I mean, what's the main inspiration behind your pieces because you definitely have a unique style like you said that is uh-huh. is yours um and i guess like you said you you you're not too comfortable with the knotwork so you, what do you have like a, a, a direction that you like to go in is it tend to be mainly mythology based or is it just kind of things that you make up mm. i think both actually because it's it's really hard to decide what to draw. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I imagine it it is because I imagine you've got to keep fresh, and especially in a world of Instagram where people yeah, are expecting a exactly. new a new image every single day almost. Yeah. Well, sometimes I get inspired by some North mates. Sometimes by by some events that happens mm-hmm. to me, and sometimes it's just commission work or. Yeah, it it really, it really, it's 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 not easy to tell where my inspiration comes from because it differs every time. So, Jacob, Jacob, um, how did you get into tattooing? I know that that's that's quite a recent venture, isn't it? Uh, I think I I started like four years. Okay, not so, as recent but, as I. But, yeah, but it's it wasn't like on daily basis, you know. Mm-hmm. I it actually started with one of my drawings I posted on my personal Facebook 
and people started to comment that I should learn how to how to make tattoos. And my my schoolmate, he wrote me that he has a friend from my town actually, who recently opened her tattooing shop. So I learned all the basic stuff there, and then started to practice it on my own. Mm-hmm. I I made a lot of tattoos on in dormitory, which okay. wasn't it wasn't really professional. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, it was a start. You've got to, everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Is it mainly just hand poking that you're doing, or is it machine? Uh, yeah, I, I started with a machine, but I was always amazed by the hand poking. So mm-hmm. I started to practice that and I prefer it. I think it I think it's better for it, it suits the it suits my my, my drawings better. Mm-hmm. It's, l- it's less it's less abusive on the body, I feel as well. Yes, I think it, exactly. it heals a lot quicker. Matthias, yeah. have you had any hand poke? Yeah, all the dot work on this one is uh, okay. hand for oh, pokes. But it's and aggravating. I- you know, after four hours, oh yeah, <laughs> that, that feeling is just like I want to punch somebody. For sure, it's, I, it's like a little heavier than a than a sting from from some kind of you know insect yeah. or something like that, and it's just like <laughs> I think it really depends on the body part and the tattoo artist. Yeah, and also the method because you know you, yeah, you, yeah yeah there's there's some ways that that, so uh my the dot work i have on this arm um is by ufa beyond from giving up art and and his uh his method is really good for for the way that he lays in the um the, the ink in the skin but uh that's because he's using like this technique where he yeah, hooks yeah in, I, i've seen it under yeah video. And that's uh, and that's just the kind of stuff where you just like, you know, after several hours, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I imagine, um, yeah, because you can kind of feel the needle a lot more than you can with, with a gun. With a gun, you kind of all, it all blends into one simultaneous. Yeah. I I think that uh, that machine tattooing is more like, more like cutting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it I would agree. Feels like it, it, it's yeah. like cuts your skin i think it mm-hmm. actually does cut mm-hmm. your skin mm-hmm. and hand poking is more like stabbing you can feel you can kind of there's that plucking feel when the needle comes yeah. back out it's quite a, it's a unique feeling the first time you have it it's kind yeah. of like Oof. yeah exactly it almost makes a little noise as well kind of like yeah. a, little, a pulling noise i think that the biggest difference between machine tattooing and hand poking is the is the sound is the noise mm-hmm. because machine tattooing it's quite stressful, I think. It's like a dentist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hand poking is it's quiet. So you mm-hmm. can listen to the music or speak with the client, which is something I I really enjoy. It's not as intense, I guess, as well. Like with the machine, it's very yes. it can be quicker yes. and it, it's you you're getting not necessarily a lot of pain, but a lot of work done in a short period of time, whereas yeah. there's more gaps in between each. Yes, the, the speed is the only gun, I think, mm-hmm. because hand poke heals faster, hurts less, usually. I think. You know, I've, I've had my both, I've had fingers hand poked and um, oh, done my, a, gun, done my machine. And 
my, I had my middle finger done in Iceland by um, Rafael De, um, from Habanero. Oh, yeah. And the speed, she, she's as quick with <laughs> with a hand poke as with the, with the machine. It is mm-hmm. unbelievable how quick. Well, I mean, that's her specialty. That's what she does every single day. And it's, it, was ju- it was just as quick. And it healed so much faster. And the qualities heal better than the machined one as well. And I don't know if that's down to just the time it takes or the less stress on the skin. But I, it certainly seems to be, a, a, not necessarily a better way, but a superior way in some. No, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, uh, that's, that was my experience with the Ufa as well. He's, uh, um, he's just as fast uh in in hand uh with hand poking as he is with a, a a gun so yeah and it heals faster yeah the only thing is like afterwards you're like <laughs> because <laughs> i just remember that like feeling like just like it's it's not the same as as uh as the, the machine the machine just yeah as you say it, it feels like it cuts but but you know, when you've been tattooed for long enough, it's also something that you feel familiar with. I feel like. <laughs> so, w- w- one question I have to ask is: How many times a day do you get people messaging you saying, "Draw me a tattoo, draw me a design for for tattoos"? Because I know a few different artists, and they, it's relentless. And just, it's also the audacity of people. They get messages of literally people being like, "Draw me a tattoo design," like that's it. And it's just people are just so forthcoming and almost rude with it. Yeah, well, that happened sometimes, but lately they they wrote it nicely. Mm. Okay, a little bit nicer about it. Yeah, like with more details, not just "Hey, draw me a tattoo." <laughs> <laughs> but that happens as well, of course. I I get that too. Um, not of course with drawings, but uh, like, what do you know about this? And yeah. That? Like, yeah, that, that happens to me as well. And it's like, I, I want to help those people, but it happens so so frequently that I just don't want to anymore. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really frustrating and time-consuming to to answer everyone. Yeah. And as much as, as I would love to, it's just not possible. That's the thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's like really you can yeah. sit there all day just responding. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. translating tattoo. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think I, I I receive more messages like, can you can you translate this into runes for me? Then draw me a tattoo. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. I imagine yeah. you get that all the time, Matthias. So that must I, be. I do get from, a lot. Of I, I bet a lot of them are from me as well. <laughs> yeah, sometimes from you. Um, no, that's yeah, that's true. And actually, I've been uh, thinking of, um, or I'm planning on putting something up um, on the website about uh, runes and uh, also, you know, a little reading list. There's also a lot of people who are asking me about, like, uh, like, can you recommend this uh, any book on like sagas or something like that, Nordic yes. mythology, and. Like I think it would be good to have a little repository on our website about that, so that yeah, uh, I think so. For sure. There. <laughs> new, new website, notimythologypodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think. No, that, I th- no, go on, Jacob. Yeah, I think that people are are lazy to do their own own research. Mm-hmm. I think. For, for and sure. There's there's also a lot of misinformations on Google. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I get a lot of like wig wizard tattoos mm-hmm. and people think that it's a Viking symbol and want runes around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes so they are disappointed. Yeah. No, I, so, I mean, I, I think it's great that people are trying to, to like uh, seek out, uh, you know, people that know about it um, to ask them instead of just Googling, <laughs> you know, when it comes to some of these yeah. things. Uh, yeah. The unfortunate thing is that we, we just can't, you know, sit there and be, be that the people's uh, uh, like, I don't know what you, what you call that, like answer lady or something like that. It's just like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Somebody's <laughs> personal, the same like, ask Jeeves. Ask yeah, Mateus. <laughs> That's what we need to put on the website, a little ask Matthias website. <laughs> Do you remember the little, the um, ask Jeeves little logo? It was like the guy, the butler holding a, a plaque. So we could just do, do a little drawing of you holding a little silver platter. <laughs> I don't like where this is going at all, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say, like, in just a bow tie, nothing else. Uh, no, that's another kind of website. I think. Hey, if it pays the bills. I guess so. <laughs> so, I mean, speaking of misconceptions, that's kind of pulls us nicely into what we were going to talk about for the bulk of the, the episode. And it was kind of misconceptions of Odin, and maybe a couple of the other gods, if those questions come come about, because um, like you said, Jacob, there's so much misinformation out there, and even just trying to research it yourself and putting in a quick Google search, nine times out of ten, what you the the top ten, top twenty websites are just reaffirming the misconceptions that are out there. So you're not really gaining anything, even if you are trying to do your own research. Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's also, um, you know, I uh, I, I received a, a message from a high-ranking uh, museum person, um, I'm, and I'm not going to say any more about who that was uh, or where they were from or anything, but a museum person that deals with Viking stuff asking me about the vague VC, actually. Um, because they receive a lot of questions from the public about this, and 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 so this person, of course, wanted like to have some accurate information and knew that I was a guy that could help them with that. Um, and and the point is that that you know sometimes public the, the public interest and and ideas they go in a very different direction than what um, you know people who are trained in the knowledge about like say the viking age or something like that that they they, they not necessarily know anything about right so maybe here is a great example it, it's something that a lot of people think is it has something to do with vikings it doesn't really it comes from a uh 18th century um book on on uh, on like magic symbols from iceland um, and it's a part of a longer tradition from Iceland where you like, go back to like the 1500s and find similar types of symbols. So it's something that existed in Iceland for quite a while, but uh, it has its roots in Judeo-Christian uh, um, um, magic symbolism. And um, and this, this is what people don't necessarily know. They just know, oh, this is something from Iceland and from the past. So it's got to be Viking, right? <laughs> and that's how that <laughs> <Yeah>. works. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden, if you're if you're somebody who you know is whose job it is to sit at a at a national museum in Norway or somewhere um, uh, uh, and answer people's questions and you know inform people about what is the Viking Age and all that stuff, then then you're like swamped with these questions and uh, about something that you perhaps never actually thought that you were even going to deal with in the first place. <laughs> So that's that's definitely that's quite interesting to see how these things uh, you know they move in different directions and I think it's really important for for scholars actually to be uh, on top of like what is the popular interest and opinion too when it comes to these things a lot more than than we are already. <laughs> for sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just just quickly touch on the very so where. Where do you think that comes from? The like the huge assumption that it is Viking. Is there one moment in time that you can kind of think or pinpoint where it drastically gets attached? Because it is so at this point that and the Helm of Awe are two that are just you see more often than anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I I don't remember when the first time I saw it was like I. I'm trying to think back to around like the 2000 and like nine, 10, 11, 12 ish years. I don't remember seeing it that often around that time. So, uh, it's, so that is that recent of a, of I a thing. I think so. I think so. Um, like, yeah, no, I, 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 I can't really pinpoint like the specific point in time i think it might be when um uh, the uh, icelandic uh witchcraft museum um um becomes a thing like uh, becomes more they did when did they start using instagram and uh facebook and all that stuff uh heavily to to sort of like uh promote themselves that was probably you mm -hmm. know within the last 10 years and that's probably, I think it's, I think that has something to do with it. And I'm just riffing right now, though. I'm, I don't have any concrete knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, like Jakob says, he, he must, you must see so many of like the Helm of Awe, the Vegvisia gets sent to you. And it's not particularly hard to do a quick, even when you Google search them, most of them even come up to say, you know, this isn't a Viking symbol. Well, I'm not so sure about that <laughs> because <laughs> when you type Viking tattoo into Google, I think that well, is like the very first yeah. result that you receive. And yeah, that's like true. In the top, top five. And there's this really, really popular design where uh, with the, with the Wegwizier in the middle and there's a tree of Gondor, I believe. I know something. exactly the one that, yeah. you're, yeah. that you, you're speaking of. I think we've mentioned yeah. it on here before. Yeah, it's so popular. And I think that's maybe that's the reason why this symbol is so popular because it spreads like a virus mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> like, it's insane. Like the, the misinformation, you know, like someone see someone sees getting tattooed somewhere and wants it as well. And it's just threats, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think it's insane the amount of people that literally must just, like you say, type Viking title into Google. For me, anyway, there's just no originality there. You want, 
oh, for, for me anyway, I want it to be different. I wouldn't want the exact same thing. Yes. But that, that's how you've just mentioned. Like that, I mean, I, I imagine without a doubt, somebody listening to this podcast has it. So I, I apologize. <laughs> but I imagine it's like I see that almost every week or if not a couple of times a week, just scrolling through Facebook in one of the, like the, ta- the, the Viking tattoo or Nordic tattoo groups that image comes up that somebody's either got it towed on their back, on their forearm or somewhere. And it's, yes. it's like, there's, there's so many, and all you have to do is just look at the comments on there and everybody in there is like, this isn't Viking. This is the tree of Gondor. This is so, <laughs> it makes me wonder like how little, how little research people put into their tattoos. It's quite surprising for me for something that's going to be on their body forever that yeah. people kind of just go, eh, I think I've mentioned this before, but actually this one time somebody sent me an email asking me to translate the runes on the tattoo that this person had gotten on the head. Mm -hmm. Like this is a tattoo on the side of their head with runes that they didn't even know what what they said. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Just ask you after the fact. It's not like, like, yeah, no. (laughs) At least ask before. (laughs) <laughs> I think that the, this design isn't isn't bad itself. Like maybe some time ago, it was like a good idea or cool design, mm-hmm. but it's it's so overused now that it's like uh, I don't know, like an infinity symbol of Viking tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think everybody knows knows it as well. Everybody will have seen it, even if they don't. Yes know it from the description i'm sure michael throw it in the instagram post this week um and everyone can have a look at it so if we're going to speak about odin in particular matthias with the misconceptions mm-hmm. uh i guess the one that, that came to me from from a, a conversation i got myself into today on facebook because i'm a knob and i, <laughs> and I do that <laughs> um was about odin having two well he's obviously he's usually depicted with one eye mm-hmm. um now i think there was a, a guy who'd got a tattoo the quality of the tattoo is kind of irrelevant it was but he, it was odin and he had both his eyes mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of people commenting saying how it was disrespectful to have odin with two eyes because it's not you're not honoring the sacrifice he made to you know to gain the rune the, the knowledge of the runes mm-hmm. um well to gain whatever just knowledge in general i think you know people were kind of getting on their high horse saying it's disrespectful for him to have two eyes so it got me thinking is because obviously he wasn't born one-eyed so there must be a huge part of history or the, the literature or something like of his life in theory where he has two eyes do we just kind of forget about all that is that never really shown or spoken about or is it mentioned in uh, the literature of him a period where he has both eyes and he's kind right. of to be old. Do you know what I mean? Like, do we ever mm-hmm. relate back to that time before? Because obviously we know he created the world. I imagine mm-hmm. he had both eyes then. Yeah. In theory. In theory, yeah. So you're making a grave error right now. <laughs> it won't be the first first time. So. <laughs> the, Which, the error is to infer linear uh, linearity into okay. mythology right and this is what people do a lot right mm-hmm. especially nowadays because we have an expectation that the time is linear um 
and we can go into like this deep quantum physics rabbit hole that will they'll tell you otherwise but but we certainly seem to experience time uh, in a linear kind of way right I mean, that's kind of how it works um before, i would say before you get too far if you don't agree with what i said in the facebook group in this little chat we're just going to edit this part out of the podcast completely <laughs> so if there's like a gap where it makes no sense that's what happened <laughs> fair enough so okay <laughs> but but uh, my point is that 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 it actually it does not matter it does not matter at all if he's got one eye or two eye or 17 assume assuming that that has any mythological meaning the the point is that um the, the story about him giving up his eye is is a is a story that 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 tells us something profound about life and mysticism and understanding knowledge and a lot of other things that's really that's really what that is all about um did he have two eyes when they him and his two brothers created the world? Well, I mean, yeah, sure. If we want to put everything into that uh, linear uh, perception of time, sure, uh, he he probably did have two two eyes at that point, right? And then later on, he he gives up his eye, and and we can see a lot of scholarship does want to put all these events. Um, you know, in mythology into that, like, uh, linear timeline, especially because we have Ragnarok as the a definitive moment uh, of, of ending the cosmos. We have also the creation as the beginning of the cosmos and all that stuff. So, so, so there's, like, people like that linearity between those two um, polar opposites, the creation and the destruction. But the point is, though, that, um, that, that you know, people generally uh, in uh, you know these these pre-christian religions tend to see things in cyclical cyclical uh, cyclical ways right so 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 the li linearity of things doesn't really matter that much because what we're really interested in is the profound wisdom that each of these stories can tell us about our existence in this current moment right so in this current moment it's it's you know, um, uh, Odin can be a young dude uh, without a beard and two eyes, uh, and a old man with a long beard and a floppy hat and uh, and one eye, and he can probably also be a horse or a, a eagle or you know an earthworm. Who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the point is that the the, the uh, is really what what the story can tell us. Um, and what parts of the story we could use and uh, and apply in our in our lives right now? Um, and so it's like you know, somebody arguing over one or two eyes to me is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I th I, th I think for me it was just this whole idea that they were trying to tell this guy that it was dishonorable to show Odin with yeah, two but eyes. this. So this is a very like did you, what are you the heathen Taliban or something like that like <laughs> people trying to tell others like how they're supposed to like think of a Nordic god like that makes no sense to me that that's that's for that's for other religions you know <laughs> yeah it seemed it seemed very strange um, so then that's what kind of got me wondering whether we ever saw Odin with two eyes. 
And I actually reached out to Luciana to ask him whether he knew of any instances in kind of in the artwork. And he was like, well, it's tough to tell because if you get a figure and it has two eyes, you always, obviously the very, the defining factor is the one eye. So if it has two, you kind of, you don't really know. So that's why I was wondering with you, whether, whether in a lich in like the saga sense, we kind of have any, well, there's definitely, I can't remember the poem, but there's a, uh, a poem that has a riddle. Um, asking, you can't tell I'm really digging for you to find somewhere <laughs> with two eyes. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a poem that has a, a riddle asking what is it that has, uh, what is it, 10 legs and or 10 feet, I think it is, and uh, two hands and three eyes, right? And that's Odin on Sleipnir. Um, because he, of course it's eight-legged um, and and that that one assumes that he's got one eye right because okay. Leipnir has the other two eyes out of those three um, there's more to that story that I'm currently blanking on but that's that's just something to keep in mind that there's definitely a, a riddle that suggests the, the one eye uh, Snorri tells us that he's got one eye um, where else do we find it um, so that one thing is interesting, and there, there's no mentions of eyes in this one, uh, but in Inglinger Saga, the beginning of the Norwegian Kings, the collection of the Norwegian Kings sagas, that, where we're, there we're told that, that he can appear as a young man, he can appear as an old man, he, he can take pretty much any, any shape and appearance that he wants, right? So then that should tell us then that he can both appear with one eye and two eyes, I guess. In, in in whichever situation he wants to but aside from that you know no there's no there's no like uh, that, that comes to mind at least no 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 source that says yes he definitely has two eyes at this point <laughs> sorry uh, fuck it we have to cut this whole section out <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna have to edit this whole part out and pretend it never happened we have to go back and delete my comments <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> It's all right. I was really hoping you were going to back me up, but it was, you know, like in situations like that, I tend to, I'm, I'm pretty stupid and I get, I, I get myself involved because if I just, I don't like seeing this kind of stance of jumping on your high horse and telling people that because, because you've got it with two eyes and you are wrong. So I'll kind of just pit my, jump, put myself in there and pit myself just against that because I don't like seeing it. And even if it means I'm going to be wrong, it's just to try and take a stance of just stop being an asshole about something that isn't particularly a big deal. Right. Well, no, I mean, I, I get that. And and I, I think it's uh, it's honorable, if nothing else, to stand up for the little guy in that situation <laughs> and tell people to shut up. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Jakob, do you, do you think he's got uh, one or two eyes in general? Uh, that's a hard question. I usually draw him with with just one eye to mm-hmm. to make him different from like other gods or guys. Mm-hmm. It's such a defining factor, isn't it? As well, yes. Having yes, one exactly. eye, it's so easy to tell instantly. That's that that's Odin. Yes, yes. Because otherwise, it, they, they would all be just bearded guys. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. Just look like uh, the back line in the in in a concert hall uh, at a heavy metal show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
No, it's a that's a good point. I was actually I I, I, I was thinking one thing. Uh, we do have some figurines from the Viking Age, from Viking Age archaeology that uh, suggest that. Um, so these are particular these little heads that look like they have been on pins that maybe on clothing or you know you could like okay. put them into something sort of like a little man's head with the two uh, with the raven yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah i know what you mean yeah so these raven horns that come out of the head or, or whatever they are and they um there's a couple of those that look like you know it the the figure originally had two eyes but then one of them has been like you know cut off scraped off in in one way or another so that suggests perhaps some kind of meaning to that, the idea of like, because think about that, you're making an object, a, a, a figure, um, you're creating a, a, a face mm-hmm. um, in, in a certain way and with two eyes, and then you decide to destroy one of it afterwards with sort of like a violent in, mm-hmm. a, a insertion or how, however you want to express that, like, that's that's interesting, right? Because that kind of suggests, you know, a materiality to the myth that um, that is that is being played out in real life as as these people are doing some kind of ritual or 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 whatever, right? So that's just something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I don't know what it really has represented to the peoples who did it, but. Um, it goes along with the idea of of uh, first having two eyes and then taking mm-hmm. one out. I, I just don't want to talk about eyes anymore. It's just all subject now. <laughs> <laughs> He's just pissed off. <laughs> Jacob, is there anything you want to ask about Odin in particular? The uh, I was always curious which eye. That's yeah. That's a good one. That's one that always seems to get asked. Mm-hmm. Neither. Both. <laughs> Neither both. <is> both. <laughs> no, I mean, again, that's, uh, the, the, I don't think there's any, uh, does it matter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think so, but it does seem to matter to some people. It does. That is definitely one that I've seen quabbled. Yeah, no, and and again, like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what are you, what are you, what are you hoping to become here? Like, the, the little Pope? To tell everybody else about how to how to think correctly about the Nordic gods. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, guys! Like, really? That's that's yeah. your hobby? <laughs> like, first of all, like Odin, right? This god that, according to the mythology, has created the world, right? Do you think he cares? <laughs> like, do you think he cares if 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 you you depict him with one or two eyes? He knows what he's about. <laughs> I mean. If he um, if he can truly kind of change form, then I guess he could just change the eye to fuck with people, depending on his mood. Like yes. one day, just swap the eyes over, and if like, hmm. yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's um, again, he could he could have seventeen eyes if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I have to draw that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I do. <laughs> But you've got we got to draw seventeen, but screw up out sixteen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so one for me is uh, Gary and Frecky. What do we know about them? Were they real? Do they 
because I know we spoke a little bit about the Ravens and whether they were actually mm-hmm. real things or not, or it was just kind of symbol, sim, symbology, sim, symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that with the wolves? Do we know whether he it's... actually had two wolves that he only? Because the story does the story go that he doesn't eat; he only drinks mead and ale, and he feeds all the food from the feast to the dogs. Oh, that's one thing I remember, but whether that's the case, I don't know. Yeah, so 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 it's funny because I was I just saw this uh, I think a little earlier today. I was scrolling through some kind of um, um, Instagram page uh, with like Viking stuff on it, and and it said that uh, the the Einherja, Odin's warriors, they live off of this bacon from Sykrimnia and all that stuff, and that is such a cartoonish way of thinking about the afterlife for a warrior. It's like, why do the warriors need beer and bacon in the well, afterlife? Good. Well, yeah, yeah good. of I course. Mean, like, but but come on. But, <laughs> but I'm just thinking, you know, it's it's. Um, does this sound a little silly? No. Your, <laughs> what what do you like to eat in the afterlife? No, I, well, it's <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, if. Yeah. Um, the, of of all the things you could come up with uh, as a Viking, um, yeah, guess, is that really what you're going for? Yeah. I mean, you were talking about peoples who who like travel thousands of kilometers to oh. go uh, trade with other people to 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 get spices or it shows to... how good Pekin is to be honest. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> My point is, though, that this is all Snorri Sturluson who is coming up with uh, random shit to say uh, to make it sound more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to his source, which is the poem Grimismal, it talks about uh, these things in much more sort of a, a, an, an analogous, ethereal kinds of ways. Um, and, you know, this, this thing about the the boar called Sairinia and all that stuff. That's not really what it says. It says something incredibly cryptic about uh, uh, you know using these words Sairinia, Elkrimnia, and Antrimnia, which means Sairinia means that which cools the ocean, Antrimnia that which cools the breath, and Elkrimnia that which cools fire. Like, does that sound like some kind of cartoon cook cooking bacon for people? Not so much. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like some kind of mythical trip. And it's the same with Geri and Freki and with Hugin and Munin in uh, uh, in these stances as well. They 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 come very close to one another. Um, and uh, for instance, that stanza also says, "Yeah, uh, Antrimnia has uh, Sairimnia cooked in Eldrimnia, but few know what the Einherja actually eat." Is what it really says to stanza. So actually, it's saying we don't know what dead people are eating. Okay. Um, and in the same way, uh, this Hugin and Munin, uh, uh, Odin is sitting on his nice little throne and saying, "Like, yeah." I, I worry about Huin and Moonin flying around all over the place. I worry more for, what is it, Moonin than Hugin. I can't remember, something like that. Um, and he's not really not talking about ravens. Like, there's no raven mentioned in that context. 
the same with the wolves. They, this, they, they seem to be more of a, they, they, they come after as far as I remember, or just before. Um, and it's something about Odin feeding the, uh, the, the Geri and Freki, or the wolves every day. And it's basically just imagery that, that attaches to Odin being a god of wisdom and a god of war. That's really what this is all about in this these stances. Then you have Snorri Sturluson, like, you know, hundred something years after this poem was composed, who is like, well, that's got to be some kind of cartoon uh, picture of, uh, of, of Odin feeding a couple of dogs and having like two ravens sitting and, uh, and, and his warriors eating bacon and drinking beer. <laughs> that's how it really goes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I, mean, I guess he destroy everybody's uh, fantasies of the afterlife. <laughs> I guess it makes it easier to depict something having two wolves and two ravens. Easy for, for I guess, for people like Jakob, something to draw. Because how do you draw yeah. thought and memory and kind of war, I guess? Well, I think without even, having a physical thing. Yeah. To kind of, it's it quite hard, I guess. <laughs> well, so I mean, personally, to me, it sounds like a lot more artistic freedom, right? I mean, I guess, that's an interesting idea. Like, <laughs> like, but, but you mentioned those little heads a couple <laughs> of minutes ago with the two ravens. So, what would like what would that be? Because obviously, there's two ravens attached well, to. So I'm not 100% discounting the way that uh, Snorri Sturluson is is interpreting this. I'm just saying that the the in in the core of of the poetry that he's using it as a source for his story about this, um, we, we can't necessarily just you know assume that this is how that original poet once saw it, and we can't assume that this is how people in in the Viking Age saw it. Um, mm-hmm. This is very much Snorri Sturluson's interpretation. So, we're like, yeah, what does it mean to have horns coming out of your head that then turn into raven heads above you? That's really interesting in and of itself. I'd like to know, but what the hell that meaning is? That's really hard to actually dig into. That that requires a a, a full study of uh, of you know uh, con- conceptions of of of, of ravens of um, of ancient Viking ideas of mentality and um, uh, memory, you know, those kinds of things. And it probably has some very deep, significant meaning, if you ask me. But what it is, I don't know. The interesting thing is, of course, that those those uh, little figurine heads, they kind of suggest that Vikings did wear horns in their helmet, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> uh Jakob, you got anything anything else you want to ask about Odin anymore? I I don't think so. For me, um, I'm <laughs> I, I, I probably got quite a few. Um the idea that he can make men go berserk and mm-hmm. turn them into animals, is that is that true? Is that something we we see because that's that's one thing you kind of read is that Odin has this power to to kind of froth men up into like unbeatable warriors almost that can't be hurt by iron or fire and mm-hmm. 
So uh, what one of the main sources to that is again the saga of the Inglings from from the collection of the Norwegian kings sagas. And what this one uh, tells us uh, is that uh, Odin has these warriors that um, that will go mad like wolves or dogs or something like that. Um, and but this uh, story also assumes that Odin is warlord, uh, mm. who lives around the same time as Augustus, um, the emperor of Rome. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. And so he's more of a tangible physical human yeah in this story he's he's 100% a human being he's from Ausaheimer which uh, you can find located somewhere in Asia um i think if we sort of like gauge it it's probably close to modern day kazakhstan in okay. uh, <laughs> in this uh, uh author's way of thinking about the world uh, uh People tend to assume that it's in Turkey because in the prologue to Snorri Sturluson's Edda, it says that uh, he uh, that the Aesir come from Troy, and that would be in modern day Turkey. But uh, but in this story, in Englinga saga, they, they actually seem to be placing it farther into Asia. But um, but yeah, he's uh, like running around and um, uh, fucking shit up in warfare <laughs> against uh, his neighbors. That's how he meets the Vanya, too, by the way, uh, because they live in around the Volga River, according to the story. And um, uh, and this is in that context that this this description of these mad dog warriors comes up. Now, that doesn't mean that there is not a uh, uh, some kind of idea attached to warriors being able to harness sort of like the spirit of of um of dangerous animals um that existed back in the viking age i mean it very much looks like it we have depictions of of um at least one depiction of a warrior with a sort of like a wolf dog head of some kind uh from uh vendel or valskara in in sweden from the 600s can't remember correctly, um, but around that from the from just before the Viking Age, pretty much, um, that suggests that this was actually a conception that people did have uh, back in um, uh, in the Germanic period in um, pre-Viking Germanic period in Scandinavia. Now that would then tell us that there is some truth to the idea that there are these warriors that can change shape into berserkir bear warriors or Ulfhetna, the, the wolf warriors um and and that they uh, uh that they are attached to odin that does actually seem like that was the case um but the the literature that we have that is younger much younger like from mm -hmm. the 1300s and so on seems to misinterpret it in into again to a little bit more like cartoon than than that's um you know, warrior cult that existed uh, around Odin as as like the prime figure of of as a war god, say in like the sixteen hundred. Sorry, not sixteen in the six hundreds in in Scandinavia. Okay, did you do you think he was more of a a wanderer or a warrior? Mm, much more of a warrior, absolutely. So just more of that ruthless kind of warlord type figure than. 
Because you That's do a, tend to see him depicted in a long cloak. Like you said, that kind of lowered cowboy hat almost. With, like uh, Gandalf. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, very Gandalf-esque. Yeah. With his, I imagine with his spear acting as a staff. That's a, a late 19th century, early 20th century romanticizing of Odin as like this uh, uh, wisdom slash father figure for, um, uh, I don't know, Austrian esoterics or something like that. <laughs> teaching teaching everybody runes. I'm pretty sure that the, the imagery that, that, you know, say people in the 600s would have of Odin is some, some kind of uh, nasty uh, war uh, warlord of, of some kind that I mean that seems to be how he's he really comes into existence in 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 sort of the history of religion in Scandinavia and from the 500s and onwards um, when you also see place names increasingly being dedicated to Odin um, it's really interesting uh, uh, ones especially in the Danish area because they actually seem like they are very specifically focused on on like temple structures or or altars dedicated to Odin and then also attached to you know local warlords. So it has something to do with societal developments in that period too. That's definitely one for the for the Viking bros to clinch. Clinch on. <laughs> so usually we're uh, we're going against it, but in this case it's kinda of like, yeah, he was he was a warlord. He was uh, very much <laughs> well, what you think. Yeah, but these Viking bros need to also understand that uh, that there's a lot more uh, funky esoteric um, uh, uh, ritualistics involved and and weird shit that they would definitely not be down with mm-hmm. in other ways. <laughs> it's, okay. You can't just go to the temple of iron to become a warrior, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to piggyback onto the back of that, what about the web of weird? Yeah, I that's also... I'm sure you've seen that as well, Jacob. That's been, yeah. that's been mentioned to you uh, many yeah, a time. It's kind of this idea of every rune appearing in this mm-hmm. web. Um, that's the. You've never heard that. That is, things are getting like seriously esoteric at this point. No, no, I haven't heard about that one. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's. I think that's the idea. I'm sure you've heard that as well, Jacob. I've not made that up. Oh yeah, so, I've seen that. Yeah, I think the idea is that every. You can find within... every rune in this symbol. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But again, I'm assuming that's not. No. No. Sorry. I mean, it, it sounds like you know, there's a lot of people uh, who are working really hard to 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 put a lot of meaning into runes and um, and and yeah. and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so this one is supposed to contain all all the different runes. Yeah, so so Mike's just pulled that up for for anybody who's watching it. Um, yeah, so apparently you can see you can find every rune within that shape. Anybody who's just listened mm. to this, you can Google "web of weird," um, weird spelled W Y R D. Most people, I think, will have seen that symbol. Again, mm-hmm. like I said, that's the idea. Is the, it's a collection of all the runes. That one, uh, I'm not entirely sure if that one doesn't have some kind of uh, like the the symbol itself, or the um, um, uh, if it doesn't have some kind of connection to the Viking Age. Uh, but it's definitely not the Web of Weird. Okay, that's, that's again, that's a modern invention. Um, we can look. We can. I'm sure you can look into the symbol, and we'll come back to it on another show. And yeah. 
See, I mean, what we sometimes find, right, is it, they did have symbols. They did put symbols on things, right, in different ways, uh, like this, the so-called Valknuter. Um, it is on on picture stones from Gotland, right? So that means that 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 thing did exist as some kind of meaningful symbol, but the context for that is completely lost to us now. Like we can perhaps try to draw something out of like, uh, so, so the, the, the Valknuter is these three um, um, triangles that are yeah interlaced. And what we're seeing on the picture stone from Gotland, at least in one case, is that this triangle is sort of like a pointed like slightly downwards to the left of the person looking at the, uh, um, the, the stone. And it's right above what appears to be two men sacrificing a third guy um, in some kind of setting. That's kind of what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, again, there's a lot of uncertainty about the actual imagery because are they actually sacrificing somebody? What are, what are they doing? It looks like they have some kind of... Um, yeah, it's it's hard to tell what it is, but but whatever they are sacrificing this person on seems to be like a built structure too. Um, so so the gods don't know what what that actually is, and then there's a bird above it, you know. But then that right there, you have like that symbol, um, and that seems to have been significant to the people who made it. But we have no context otherwise to 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 really understand it because. Mm -hmm. They didn't leave any any explanation, um, at least not one that has uh, stood the test of time. Um, Jakob, what do you kind of make of that? In a sense of, I always think that people get a different understanding from things when they when they draw it out or when they act it out. I guess, um, and you're physically going through the motions of maybe creating the art, and whether you kind of saw it maybe just appear naturally in the art you were doing or if there is a reason kind of like maybe where you saw it come from because i know um speaking to sean parry and to luciano before they've both pointed out like little little symbols almost that appear in the artwork naturally when you draw this style of artwork when you draw not work you kind of get this three line almost like a like a triscale type symbol you know kind of like a triangle that that sort of symbol appears naturally when things cross or when you get like, there's not work crossing. So I wondered whether you had kind of any input from that direction of working with the art and, and if you'd seen any kind of angle to it. I think it it really depends on the on the art style you are using mm -hmm. because it, it might appear, but it doesn't have to. Okay, because it it depends on the on the lines and how you use them. Okay, yeah, no, like say I was just I was just curious because a, a lot of the time I find when you yeah. when you're actually doing it, it's different mm -hmm. to reading it in a book, and I just wonder whether there was that kind of opportunity where it just kind of this shape kind of popped up, and then it would make sense mm -hmm. why they would then make it yeah. into a yeah. Valkno. Yeah, I understand. I. I I sometimes used like trequet or walknut to fill mm -hmm. some white space and like well, that, like a sleeve tattoo. Yeah, so if you I, on the back of my hand again, it's not very good for the people who are yeah. who are listening. <laughs> but on the back of my hand, 
you can see kind of in the, in the middle of the oh yeah, of, yeah of like the, of, the, of the triple horn symbol there's there's a valk note mm-hmm. and like that's kind of there because it fits it just fits yeah <laughs> yeah it, it yeah. made the nice shape of a, yes. a valk note so it made sense to kind of make this symbol go there so I, I kind of wondered whether maybe that's why the symbol appeared because you just kept getting left with these this empty space almost yeah. shaped like that over and over. So you kind of went, oh, you know what? This kind of works. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the motif. Like on, on the design. Yeah I, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, so what it looks like is that these people were incredibly focused on creating uh, visual meaning in so many different ways, like whether or not we're talking about like some interlaced symbols, or that they're, they're trying to create a, a, a sort of more of a um, of a scene where where people are acting out some actions, right? What we're seeing is 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 a lot of visual meaning, and and I mean, if 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 anything, you could say that uh, people are continuing that tradition today uh, with their you know <laughs> inventions of, of of new understandings of old symbols, or, mm-hmm. or 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 the creation of new symbols that then they they then attach to uh, the Viking Age as 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 something meaningful meaningful in that regard. So. You know, it, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, that that stuff is just something that somebody came up with on the Internet. But, you know, on the other hand, it's also, uh, you know, this doesn't take away from the meaningfulness of it uh, for the people who use it. Right. And that's also important to keep in mind that, um, you know, that this is also something that continually creates new meaning in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's it's beautiful for people to create new symbols. I'm sure, Jakob, you do it in your work all the time. You yeah. you get that dead space and you just <laughs> create a, something to fit. But yes. equally, you kind of got to differentiate from the original ones because otherwise you end up with the situation like the Vic Visier and the Helm of All mm-hmm. all over again. But it's nice for people to interpret this as they want and how they want to. It's a very personal thing and too many people kind of just want to police it. <laughs> well, that's the main problem, right? The, those who who want to police it, it, it's usually, it's usually somebody, uh, you know, that spends way too much time on an internet uh, forum of some kind, whether it's on Facebook or Reddit or elsewhere, right? <laughs> that's that's usually the police that comes after you with these kinds of things and tell you, no, 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 that's not correct. Um, you have offended Odin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. I, I think I've said this before. The, in my personal opinion, it's the it's the people who know the least that want to tell everyone how they should kind of interpret the things that they do know or they think that they know. Mm-hmm. So the little that they do know, they want to shout at everybody else and be like, "No, it's this way," rather than being just kind of, eh, "I don't know, really." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna. Just before we wrap up, we're going to try something new. In true Nordic mythology fashion, it's probably going to go terribly wrong and not work. But we're going to try and take a couple of video questions from some of the the, um, patron supporters are watching live. So hopefully it's going to go seamlessly and I'm going to to (laughs) say we're getting to a question and then they're going to turn their camera on and then we're going to hear the question, we're going to answer it, and then we're going to go to the next one, and it's going to be really simple and smooth, 
<laughs> Nothing's going to go wrong at all. <laughs> Sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> if it works. Yeah. So we are going to go to Frederick first. So this is the cue for Frederick to pop his camera on and microphone. And then we're going to get a question. And hopefully it's all going to go nice and nice and seamless. But it probably won't because that's how things work. And it's the first time we're trying this. Oh, hello. Yeah, I, don't have a, I don't have a cam. Oh, no worries. I'm a simple man. No, no, no worries. <laughs> um, audio's fine. Audio's perfect. So, awesome. yeah, Mike said you had a, a good question, so fire away. Yeah, first I'd just like to mention that uh, that symbol with the two ravens top of uh, his head. It's, uh, it is, I'm pretty sure it's been found in a lot of places around Scandinavia. Uh, uh, the place I live, uh, I don't know the word for it, a uh, small place uh, with uh, political power. We have it, uh, have it as our symbol. Actually, it's just a random boring fact, but to the question... <laughs> That's a quite interesting fact, if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> it would be more interesting if I knew the actual word. <laughs> is it, uh, it Upokra? No, uh, it's, no, it's uh, the municipality. Okay. Yeah, uh, where I live. You don't oh. need to go into details and get doxxed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the question I had is... There, had there been any finds, historical finds, of symbols like amulets similar to the Mjolnir that has been found in a lot of places for any other gods? Uh, yeah. Um, so if there are some, some if, you know, for instance, the fire steel that has been uh, connected to Freya. Now, whether or not that that, that is actually an interpretation that, that is... That is reasonable that's another question but that's that that seems to be a symbol that 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 has showed up in 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 finds actually also one of the things that seems to be more popular than the mjolnir itself um is this little ring with what appears to be a mjolnir uh it could actually also be a shovel if you ask me <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it looks more like a shovel but uh, a mjolnir and then a little scythe uh, so the blade from a scythe and then the that steel fire steel uh, and that obviously meant something um, in one way or another but but it's hard to really tell what it meant but if you want to connect it, the mjolnir itself to thor then you you could easily also connect some of these other items that show up in these amulets uh, to other deities and uh, uh, the the blade from the scythe has been connected to Freyr um, simply because you know he is presumably a god of you know agriculture <laughs> at least in some interpretations so yeah they, there are some uh, that show up uh, across the board as, as sort of like another standard st uh, type of uh, of a pendant and, and amulet that people carried around. Very interesting. Need to mm -hmm. look into that. Yeah, thank you very it. much. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, there were yeah. also, oh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, no, there no. were also like little woman figures, mm -hmm. like silver pendants. Are those, um, do, do they represent like Freya or Valkyrie or 
<laughs> See, this, this is the problem right these things don't come with a little name tag like they do yeah the, i know the <laughs> but um but they not yeah, have wings they say what do they not just have wings no or a winged helmets or something like that yeah. no unfortunately no <laughs> but there is that little uh it's a so-called valkyrie from Horbu in in denmark um the the, the island of fyn this little f- female warrior right that was found in the, mm-hmm. what like five years ago maybe less um so that one does as as far as i remember her hair actually does have like a hole in it so that you can wear it as an in a necklace mm-hmm. um and yeah the question is is this freya as a war goddess or is it a valkyrie and and i would say both and neither <laughs> because it's complicated <laughs> there we go yeah I, th- I think that's the last question um yeah unless you've got anything else you want to want to ask or wondered about um uh. Not on the topic, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's let's wrap this one up then. It's it's been fun. Um, yeah, have you got? Do you want to just kind of give a plug to your Instagram or anything you're working on? Let people know where they can find you. Yeah, probably the best way would be on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And my nickname is Diraven from the North. Yeah, yeah. that's where- it. I think. Where did the where did the name come from? Out of curiosity, just <laughs> well, probably should have asked this right at the start. Yeah, <laughs> when I when I it's started, like an hour long story. Yeah. <laughs> when I started my like art page, I used Facebook first, mm-hmm. and then then I joined Instagram, and uh, I originally named it the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Middle Earth because <laughs> I. I actually started with, with drawings from from the Middle Earth. Oh, okay. And then I then I draw then I drew the Viking stuff, so I renamed it. And the name comes from uh, well, I, I come from the northern part of Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. And I like Norse mythology, so I just mixed those things together, kind of. And also, uh, I have a big nose, kind of like a raven. <laughs> so, so that's it. I think it also seemed quite catchy to me. It, it's like a good name. name. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and uh, you know, judging from the pictures that I've seen of uh, the northern parts of of the Czech Republic, where you're from, on your Instagram, uh-huh. it looks like a really beautiful place. That's uh, yeah, definitely a place I'd love to go visit one time. I've um, I've taken the the trip by bus from Denmark to Prague, um, actually a couple of times, and. Um, this was before, you know, the Danes were known for being the drunks that always <laughs> fuck stuff up in Prague. <laughs> oh, you can't be worse than the English, Shula. Uh, we have a serious reputation, as far as I understand, <laughs> in Prague. The <laughs> 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 like drunken Danish teenagers. <laughs> um, I remember the mountains um, coming between like uh, uh, Germany and uh, and the Czech Republic. I, I just remember the mountains being really awesome and um, and like very magical. Like I, I've always loved them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh, we yes. have mountains. <laughs> you have actual mountains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, Matthias, where can everybody find you? You can always find me on Instagram, uh, just by my name, Matthias Nordvik. Um, and, uh, and yeah, of course, also checking out our, our new cool website. Um, we're going to put my blog posts on there, right? Is we that are. the plan? Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> we're going to put your blog posts on there. Um, and because for some reason you want to host my ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? I'm sure there will be people that want to read your ramblings. <laughs> And I think it's a good idea, like you said earlier, about putting some information about the runes on there. Somewhere where we can point people to certain bits of information, mainly for when I'm getting into little arguments on Facebook. <laughs> so really. you just refer to it. Okay, <laughs> that would be nice and easy for me. Um, obviously, on the new website, we have some merch on there. So the Saxon Storyteller who does all our artwork um he's done a couple of designs for us and i guess you know if you want to support some people want to support the the podcast but they don't want to sign up for patreon which i completely understand and um, we both you know we both understand that not everybody wants to commit to a monthly payment so obviously the merch is just a nice way that you can obviously support us but also get something pretty awesome awesome back so just if you want to go onto the website it's NordicMythologyPodcast.com. I think we've got four T-shirts on there at the minute. We've got an "It's Complicated" T-shirt, obviously, um, which is Mateus is put into old old Norse and then into the younger Fudak. Mm-hmm. We have a logo T-shirt. We have the podcast name in medieval runes, and then we also have the the, the very popular stag and snake design that we've spoke about a couple of times. That's found on the Yelling Runestone. Um, obviously, Mateus, you have your opinions that that is a stag and snake, whereas some people may deem it to be a beast. I'm on your side. I think it's a stag. Yeah, I mean, that's the, 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 that's a, a that's been a raging debate since I don't know the Harold Bluetooth put it up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's a if cool... it means anything. I've got your back. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for as much as that means. But it's a it's a cool image, if nothing else. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and Matt, the Saxon storyteller, has done a really nice job with the design. It looks really, looks really good. Um, yeah, and then obviously, if you do want to support us a little bit further, obviously, Patreon really does help us out. Helps us employ Mike, who does the awesome work behind the scenes, and Shan as well, who edits the episodes. You know, we're building up the, a nice little team here. Um, the, there's a lot that goes into putting this together and getting it out there. Um, obviously, when we hit 100 Patreon or patrons, we're going to do a new episode where me and Mateus sit down and probably have some beers and watch the Vikings TV show from beginning to end, episode one all the way through to the end. We're going to it'll be a light-hearted show, not probably not as intense as some of the, epi- the podcast episodes where we just have a laugh, laugh at a few things and talk about what's real what's not real and hopefully people can jump in have a chat and join in and it's just a bit bit more of a good good time i guess it's going to be the nordic version of that show called what is it like the mystery theater 3000 or <laughs> where they're sitting down and they're watching these it's just a show where they watch you know yeah it's like goggle box in the uk <laughs> yeah which is just people watching which i think is a really good show i like watching people watch tv apparently <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we'll we'll I mean we'll find a way where people will will people will be able to watch the show at the same time. It won't just be a case of watching me and you talk about something. You know, we're gonna figure out a way to either so they can watch at the same time or we'll tell people when we press play so we can get it all running at the same time. So it's not no. just a case of watching me and you speak about something that people can't see. No, 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 no. We're not going to make it that lame. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like I said, I think we're on 71 patrons at the minute. Like I said, 100 is the mark. So if you can help us outreach that, the the show is going to be available to any tier. So it doesn't matter whether you support the £5 tier or the £20 one, you're going to get that show no matter what. Um, if you want to follow me personally, it's just Daniel and Scott Farron. One, follow the business. It's at Horns of Odin. We've just restocked some of our gym wear. And I think that's about it. Oh, and if you enjoy the show, leave a five-star review and a positive ranking because it helps people find the show. Yes. I think I got there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jacob, thank you very much for, for joining yeah. us. Like I said, I've been a huge fan of your work for a long time. I message you every six months from Hosbell. I mean, like, do me a design, please. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I will. I will. <laughs> I'm sure one day we will get there um, yeah. and it will happen. But like I said, that, that is true testament because I think your artwork is beautiful. And even more, knowing kind of that you've taught yourself, I find very inspirational. Um, because I, with, with all my homework, that was kind of what I did. I just figured it out by doing. So I have a lot of appreciation for people who also learn the same way. Um, so yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's it's beautiful work. I, I I deem you to be one of the top out there, without a doubt. Thanks a lot. You're so kind. <laughs> no no problem. Thank you for for taking the time to join us. I know you're yeah. extremely busy at the minute. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was fun and I really enjoyed it. Well, so, awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. No, it was any time, any time.